Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, I got a brand new podcast for you. So I'm going to sit down, record a solo episode. It's been a while since I've recorded one of these, and um, I just want to share with you guys some thoughts and theories and, and motivation I've been having for 2019. And, um, you know, I just want to have my best season yet, and I want you guys to have your best season. And so I kind of I want to break down hunting into these different skill sets and, and how to improve them and, and how to work on them and how to you know, realize what your strengths are and then, and then also what your weaknesses are and, and, and how to double down on those and, and improve those to become a, a complete backcountry hunter. So um, today will be a fun episode. It's brought to you by Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, Sportsman's Warehouse is just a great company. Uh, they, they really work hard to put the, the right staff in the right positions, and so they get passionate people that, that are knowledgeable, and then they, they put those people in charge of their departments, whether that's hunting or bow hunting. And so, you know, you can always go in there and, and chat with somebody that'll, that'll help you find the, the right gear that, that fits your needs. Um, there's also such an advantage to be able to go into a store where they have a quality selection uh, of the highest name brands and be able to look at them and touch them and feel them and compare them. Um, you know, so much on the internet, it can be so tough to get the right fit or, or or the right piece. And so it's a real advantage to have these stores, you know, all over North America that you can go in and, and go see the products. Um, they're just a great company. We really appreciate the support. And uh, so go check them out, uh, Sportsman's Warehouse. And with that, we're over there at Eastman's. Um, so this is the, the weekend before the, the Hunter's Expo. Um, so yeah, Sportsman's Expo, that's what it is. So we're headed to um, Salt Lake City. Uh, going to go to that. I'm going to meet the guys down there. Again, it's just going to be a riot. The Eastman's are so fun to hang out with. And uh, I know Dan Picard's down there. He's a good buddy of mine. And and uh, he's going to be giving a seminar with Guy Eastman. And so they're going to give a seminar on both Friday and Saturday. Um, if you guys are going to the expo, um, be on the lookout for times. They haven't set a time for them yet. Uh, if you're not, we are going to put it on our YouTube. So you can watch on our YouTube. Um, you also watch, I think, Facebook Live. Uh, Instagram live and then I'll be hosting the the YouTube so any questions you have that come up when we get to the question and answer portion you know I can ask those guys so they've been working really hard I know they put together a quality seminar they're both just just great hunters um, absolute next level Dan with his bow and and guy you know with all weapons but um, guy is such a knowledgeable rifle hunter so um, I I always enjoy talking to those guys and I know this seminar is going to be top-notch so uh, if you are showing up at the expo um, look out for times and and if not um, go on one of the the social media platforms and listen in and with that let's get this thing rolling so um, solo podcast Man, I have just, uh, I've been working really hard. I, I, I really want to have my best season in 2019. And I, I just, um, you know, I talk about it all the time, how, you know, finding this passion in my life, like, uh, you know, I, I've got a, um, you know, there's other responsibilities for sure and balance in life with my family, which, you know, I'll, I'll get into that. And I, you know, I want to be the best father, best husband I can be with my work. You know, I, 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 I want to, uh, work hard and I want to, you know, make enough money to be able to do the things I enjoy. But my true passion is is chasing these backcountry adventures. I, I mean, I just absolutely love it with every fiber of my being. And it, it makes me be a better person. Like I say, just talking about being a better father and better husband, it gives me perspective on my life. But 
I'm really going to set myself up to have my best season in 2019. I just, um, I love challenging myself. Uh, you know, I feel at home when I'm in the mountains. I feel like it's what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I love the challenge of it, both mentally and physically and setting these, these really tough, hard to accomplish goals and then working really hard at them to accomplish them. And when you, when you do achieve them, it uh, just absolutely feels like the top of the world, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm just going to work really hard, really dedicate myself to this season. Um, just get everything in order. Um, you know, one of the big things is to have enough time. And, and uh, so, you know, I want to I wanna structure myself. So when it comes to be hunting season, that's what I'm focused on and, and, and putting all my effort into. And, and really this off season is the time to structure things correctly. It's the time to work hard and it's the time to improve. Um you know, you can't improve your skill set once you're on a hunt or once you're there. Now you can a- adapt, you know, to the conditions you're seeing, and that goes into your your knowledge and your experience and your instincts. But you know, you can't improve your shooting at all when you're on the hunt. You you can't improve your your fitness level, although you do get you know in better shape and more acclimated the the longer days go on. But um, you know, all this base level has to be set now, and so you know, there's there's these major pillars of our that of our hunting skill that kind of go into our our makeup that 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 makes our hunting skill that determines whether we're successful or whether we fail and you know there's always a a bit of luck involved but the the luck just comes with spending time in the woods the luck comes with with theorizing and continuing to move and hunting hard like you create your own luck by being out there and working hard and eventually you know you turn up the critter you're after or you you get a lucky break and he crosses the saddle and exposes himself but you never catch those lucky breaks if you're sitting on your couch or if you're not hunting hard or if you're you know in the truck or whatever the case is so you know you you've got to um you you've got to give it all you have once you get on these hunts and and so the the major pillars of of a successful bow hunt I think you know like I tried to break it down into these these different you know sub skill sets that that you can work on and then break each one of those down and it I think it's our job in this off season to reflect upon the last season and in the you know I I definitely want to enjoy the successes and enjoy the adventures I have. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's why I do it. I, I love being immersed on the hunt and that's all I'm thinking about. And I, I'm working hard, I'm putting everything into it and, and I'm trying to create an opportunity. That's, it's when I'm at my best and when I'm having the most fun, but these, these failures, you know, you set your goals high enough and, and you're going to fail, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a building block of success. Like, uh, these, these hunts, you know, and I, I set these lofty goals and in hunting season goals can be slippery too, because you're making this, this lofty goal that's way down the road, down in fall, like, uh, you know, make this lofty goal. And like I say, I, I don't, I use numbers a lot and I don't, you know, I don't want to get caught up in numbers as it, as it is a mature animal, but it gives a, a reference for me, a, a visualization of what I want to accomplish. And I, you know, I want to kill the, the, the biggest mule deer on the planet, the, the biggest elk on the planet, you know, and, and it's not like, uh, you know, I love the meat and I live off the meat, but I, I love setting these really lofty, tough to obtain goals that, that, that take everything I have to be able to accomplish them. But these goals are slippery. You set this goal for say a 200 inch muley for the fall 
And, you know, you really got to be disciplined and, and put yourself in check and be working at it year round to get there. And and so it's easy to just say, well, once I get on the hunt, you know, I'm and then I'm going to give it all I have. But, it, you know, if you don't have your body ready, your mind ready, you're not you're not ready for for obstacles and, and challenges and, and ready to overcome those. You know, you're going to get on that hunt. And it's going to be overwhelming and and you may not fill that tag on the muley that you want. So these goals are slippery and you almost have to make, you know, a subset of goals, you know, before you before the hunt. Like uh, my goal is a 200 inch muley. Now, what am I going to do to accomplish that? Or, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to scout more. I'm I, I'm going to put in the work in the off season. I'm going to get my body in top physical condition. I'm going to strengthen my mind. Uh, I'm going to visualize, I, you know, just putting all of these things into it and making this game plan to accomplish that goal and so you know and I I love chasing these big mature critters and it's what gets me excited and it seems to me like like it's almost impossible when I'm out there but if I if I keep working hard towards those goals and I keep putting in the effort that effort eventually each equals success and I'll get an opportunity and with that opportunity you know, I've improved my stalking skills and I've improved my shooting skills and I, I, I've got a hold of myself in the crunch and I sit and I execute my shot and, and I end up with the biggest muley I've ever shot. And, you know, I, like the first great big muley I killed, I remember like I, I killed this, this giant buck that was 34 inches wide and that, you know, it, 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 it was just a mega buck. It's it mass and, and width and tines and a 200 inch buck. And I, I was so proud. Like it was this monumental accomplishment. But I remember after doing it, people say, well, you'll never get one that big again. And it, all of a sudden that was like a challenge to me. It was like, man, well, I can find success on a giant muley and it came together, but can I repeat it? Can I, can I do it again? Can I put in all the work and climb the mountain again and accomplish that and kill another giant buck? And I was able to do it and, and kill another one. And it, it seems like this mission impossible, but through putting in this work, improving my skill set, I was able to find it and create it again. You know, it isn't impossible. It, it, you know, it's achievable. Um, you know, especially for us average guys, like I don't have a, a, a ranch I can go. I don't have a, a guy that, that puts in a lot of the work for me. I've got to work a full-time job and I've got to make time to, to work on every different facet of my hunting game to, to be as absolutely good as I can be during that week-long hunt I have or those couple weeks I have to hunt mule deer in the early season or the couple weeks I have in the late season and and really, you know, I, I get a lot of motivation and drive from my failures. And, and, you know, like you say, you set your goals high enough, you know, you're going to fail here and there, you know, and on that, you know, I, I had some misses this year. I had that miss on my bull by not being thorough enough through my, my gear and testing my rest in cold weather. And I just won't make that mistake again. I'm just going to absolutely focus on, on my gear and I, I'm going to focus on every different condition and, and make sure that I pay attention to the details. Um, I'm going to have my shooting skill on point. So, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to seize the opportunity when I get the chance. I, I missed a 200 inch deer this year. And and, you know, I want to seize that opportunity when I get that chance. I, I want to have, you know, my I want to I want to give it my all and I, I want to be able to seize the moment when I get that opportunity. So I'm going to work really hard in the off season to improve it. So I think there's all these different skill sets that that go into being, you know, having a successful hunt, being a consistently successful, you know, 
public land hunter. And so, you know, in, in all these work in conjunction with each other and we do, we've got our, 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 our strong points and we've got our weak points. And you know, I just think that, that we, we break it down and we look at it and we see any way we can improve. And so like, like the first one that I've been looking at, or let's say, so the different pillars that I came up with were, was the mental game, um, physical fitness, um, skills, um, I put shooting and execution in its own category, and, and then also instincts. So five major pillars. So um, mental game. So man, it just starts and ends with your mind. Um, it, it's amazing. It's the most powerful tool we have. That mental strength. And I and I actually believe that that you also break that mental game down into knowledge and 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 down into to mental strength. And that knowledge you know, can be gained through preparation, through, you know, the, through, through studying on Google Earth and on maps and making different game plans. It, it can be done through your research as studying state game agencies, studying for tags. Like right now we're right in tag season. Right now is where we create these, these awesome hunts that we get to go on. And, and these, you know, it's, it's through studying and, and research and, and statistics and, 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 and draw odds and, and just trying to, to put everything together to come up with some really good hunts this fall that you can draw. And I, I think it is a mix of, of figuring out, you know, tags that you've got a really good chance at and then kind of dream tags too or a, a building points process, you know. And so um, I, I'm really putting a lot of effort, you know, into my knowledge and into these states. And, you know, it we... You know, we feel like we don't have much time, and and I keep as busy as anybody with with the job and and family, the podcast, and, and then you know my hunting. But like I I you know I I put you know my eight to five in at work, or I put my forty hours in, and then you know I hang out with the family. But they I can always squeeze some more hours of the day, and I you know I get in my runs, and I try not to take away from my family dinner or my family time, but. You know, I'm I'm able to fit in these runs every single day, which helps build my mental toughness. You know, and I just love getting my body ready, and it's it's a way of like paying my dues towards hunting season. I feel like I'm like I'm putting in sweat equity towards being successful in the fall, and so you know, I'm I'm always getting out on these runs, and and I'll get into physical fitness a little bit more, but I I really think these help strengthen my mental toughness, and and mental toughness to rely upon your mind, like on these tough backcountry hunts, like that's what it's going to come down to is keeping your mind right. It's having this strong, this, this inner drive too. this, this drive that to be successful, to be your best, to challenge yourself, to see what's over the next ridge, you know, to not get bogged down by these challenges and these challenges, you know, they can be anything from weather. You can't find the animals, the hunting pressure. There's always going to be an excuse and there's always going to be a challenge. And we plan these hunts, and sitting in your warm house on your comfortable couch, you can envision all these different outcomes on these hunts and that you want to hunt 13,000 in Colorado and you come up with these ideas and think you're tough enough and, and we are tough enough. But, but my point is, is that you think of it when you're in comfort and when you actually get there, everything changes. All of a sudden you're backpacking for 12 hours to get into your camp. You're grinding. You've got a sore back. You're, 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 you're sleep deprived. You, you're up at the high altitude, can't get your sleep right. And, and so these, these cards start stacking against you. And so like it's, it, it just doesn't seem to go smooth 
on these on these hunts like they're they're a reason why we love them is they are so challenging and they are so tough and so anything we can do to strengthen our mind um to to be able to call upon it on tough times to be able to call upon it you know when when things go bad when things go wrong um i think is so important and i I really think my my perseverance, my my drive, my mental toughness is is a huge key to my success. And so, do you have to work out to be a good backcountry hunter? No. Um, there's other ways to go about it. And I've also heard really experienced hunters say, "Well, they can't get a workout in an hour that they can get at eight hours in the mountains," which is which is true. But I know running the mountains and an hour of exertion is like four hours of backpacking. Like you can get these, these workouts and ready your body, but more importantly, like ready your mind and, and also this discipline of making yourself do it day in and day out, you know, strengthens the mind, you know, to, to where you can count on that when you come into a tough hunt and you're, you know, when you're called upon or you need to call upon your mental toughness, it's there for you. You've created it. And, and it comes through, you know, going on these tough hunts. You can draw from tough hunts you've had before where you've put all of it in into a hunt and you, you, you've been successful and that you've seen success. I draw a lot from my successful hunts and knowing what I'm capable of. I draw a lot from my, my running and, and some of the tough challenges that I've taken on, you know, the marathons and ultra marathons. And, and two, my mental toughness for me, um, I can't coast. I've got to keep pushing. I'm capable uh, of more. I, I know, you know, I put a lot into my hunts this year. I put a lot into my training next year, but I'm capable of more. There's, there's more in the tank for me. There, there's, there's more to be accomplished. There's another level for me. And I, I want to keep achieving that. I want to get back to running some of these ultras and really challenging my mind, get back to running some of these super ultra long runs in the mountains. And, and like right now, like it was, negative 18 two days ago and I I got out and I I ran and it was a there's a foot to a foot and a half of snow it's just a ways on every step and every leg but but I got out I made myself do it I always feel better when I finish and I'm I'm paying my dues for the backcountry and so I, I just think mental toughness belief in yourself and belief in yourself comes through through confidence which is earned you can't you know false confidence is arrogance you know it's like a you can pretend you're ready all day long but if you really work hard and you really prepare your body for the the hardships that you're going to face you just gain this this mental toughness this edge and and during the season you're going to have to call upon it like you're going to hit these these obstacles and you're going to have to work hard to to accomplish them uh to to cross these hurdles to to find your ultimate goal that you've set at the beginning of the year that you've been working so hard towards so I just I can't overstress the importance of mental toughness and and sharpening your mind and and um, really mental growth is 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 done you know through struggle through being uncomfortable you know um, get if you want to be a good backcountry hunter um, you're gonna have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable it it's a type two level fun. Like you're going to have to work really hard. Like the mountains aren't just going to give it to you. You're going to have to strap on a 40, 50 pound pack or, you know, yeah, whatever, a 40 pound pack. And you're going to have to go climb the mountains. You're going to have to do, you know, six to 10 miles a day. You're going to have to do elevation. Now there's all different levels and you can also use your knowledge to be able to locate animals in, in, you know, you don't always have to, to do the, the toughest hunt. Sometimes, you know, you're able to, to, to track down animals, 
you've got to take the easy hunts with the tough hunts. Now, I always prepare myself for the toughest hunt, the most grueling, the farthest in the backcountry. But my point is, is that you could be hiking in on the trail and all of a sudden find a group of bucks and you're in the money and you're hunting them within a mile of where you parked at. Like your, your hunting knowledge can come into play too. There's all these different facets that come into being successful. But um, man, I just really like to prepare my mind. I'm just trying to take it to um, another level again. You just... Like I, you, you learn these skills and you learn your mental toughness and then you book these hunts, but I've, I've really got to take myself out of my comfort level. And, um, so I want to do that. I just want to continue to push and, and, um, find what I'm capable of. So mental toughness is so important. Um, also the knowledge base, uh, you know, right now you can improve your, your knowledge base, uh, uh, of the areas you're going to be hunting tags you're going to be putting in for, um, do all that research now and, and, and just find that time instead of sitting watching the TV, you know, take an hour a night and study these places that you want to hunt, that you are going to hunt. Um, you know, really have this, this working knowledge of it and, and study statistics and odds and make sure you're putting in for quality hunts that you want to do. And, and, um, and, and then also like, a, a scouting is so important and, you know, I, not that I tried to shortcut it last year, but I, I did, I tried to shortcut the process. Like I was hunting a new spot in Nevada. I never made a scouting trip down there. Now I was busy in the summer trying to work and get things done. And I figured I'd spend my time during hunting season, which I still think, you know, you do, you spend your time hunting season, but knowing what's there and learning the landscape and those scouting trips are so beneficial. And, um, I can't shortcut the process. If I want to accomplish truly great things, like I, I, I can't shortcut it and just show up on a hunt and think I'm going to find the biggest deer in there and harvest them. Like I have to go down and, and get comfortable with, with being in the mountains. These scouting trips are great trials for, for being in the mountains for, you know, two, three days or these bonsai trips, doing a bunch of miles, getting used to the high elevation, you know, setting up camp, picking up, getting comfortable with being solo in the mountains. So like all these things really benefit me and I can't shortcut the process. I've got to schedule scouting trips this summer, get to the areas I draw and, and really improve my knowledge base in these places. So yeah, let's see, map study. Oh, and another knowledge too, or something that goes into knowledge is is having the right gear. Um, the the preparation there, doing your research to improve your gear to save that little bit of weight. I mean, it's amazing what a what a couple pounds on your pack, what a difference that makes in exertion level and and um, you know being able to travel with your camp on your back. So making these small improvements, you know, they really help. But you know, there's another portion of it too, to where you know you you can't spend all your free money on gear and then have no money to put gas in your truck or no money to pay your bills during hunting season. So you know there there is part of this of, of making do with what you have a lot of times, and then you know picking the the best biggest best upgrade you can make in your gear to save the most weight or to make sure your clothing system is dialed in so you can be comfortable anywhere you're at survive any element and two along with that mental game like I like to do a lot of visualizations as well and um, it, it's taking time and thinking about your hunt a lot of times I'll do it in my steamer when I'm in there but but just um, 
I'll sit down and I'll start thinking about a hunt and I'll start thinking about these challenges I'm going to face. I'll start thinking about the lightning storms and I'm going to run into these brutal storms and and how I'm going to find a safe place to ride it out, how I'm going to set my camp, sitting inside my tent during these gnarly lightning storms. I try to go through my brain of of encounters with grizzly bears and I, I, I try to go through the hardships of now I'm on the hunt, my dream hunt, and I can't find the buck I'm after or I can't find deer. What am I going to do next? And trying to visualize traveling to these other basins and try to visualize coming all the way out to my truck and all the way back in and you know they they say don't you know that that you want confidence to visualize success but I also like to visualize hardships and failure I like to visualize you know a buck jumping my string and me missing and 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 then what I'm gonna do how I'm gonna pick myself up mentally from you know when you miss an animal and when you're on a backcountry hunt you may have been working six seven days for that opportunity and you get that chance and that buck jumps your string the the you you go you know bow hunting will take you to the highest highs it'll take you to the lowest lows as well and that's one of them you just feel like that opportunity was so hard earned that you'll never get another chance like that was your opportunity and you messed it up or the deer jump your string and you missed them, I mean, it'll just take you to the to the depths and you can either give up on your hunt or you can start trying to create another opportunity, start trying to find these deer again. So I'll visualize that. I'll visualize running into a bunch of hunting pressure, guys everywhere in my A spot. You know, what am I going to do next? How am I going to adapt? How am I going to overcome? And going through those challenges in your mind, I think, prepares you for when you're actually on the hunt. And like I say, it's easy to sit here on my warm chair in my warm office and and think of how tough I am and how good I'm going to do on these backcountry hunts. It's another thing when you get on them and and time's waning down and and you can't find the buck you're after or, you know, there's hunting pressure. Those challenges are real and you're going to face them. And so if you can prepare yourself for them through these visualizations, you know, you're just getting yourself ready for these hardships and being able to overcome them. I think that's an important part of your mental game, too. Another thing I visualize is is the shot. So maybe we'll let's move into this this other uh, pillar of success I was talking about. So um, I kind of get my, my theories across. So um, yeah, so I really think you're, you're shooting and being able to execute on animals. I think that's another entire subset uh, of skills that, that has to be drawn upon during a hunt. Like every successful backcountry hunt will come down to making a shot and those shots are, are not, you know, they're not in your flip-flops in your backyard at 20 yards. Like, these shots are a high degree of difficulty. Like, these 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 animals are moving through and they give you a small window or you're trying to shoot through brush or a steep downhill shot. And, and it's, like, you put so much into these. Like, you can talk about buck fever, but again, this is in your comfortable house. You think about, oh, yeah, I've got ice running through my veins. But it's a different story when that 200-inch buck of your dreams that you've been working 365 days for, grinding in the mountains for 10 days on end, you know, done 50,000 vertical feet or, you know, whatever the case is, 100 miles, and you finally stock down and get it right and get your opportunity. You're under this intense amount of, of stress and pressure to make that shot. And the mind plays tricks on you there. And so, like, I, I really think that you have to work on your shooting game and execution on animals and be ready for your opportunity because it's all going to come down to making your shot. And like I say, they're usually a higher degree of difficulty, downhill, uneven terrain, longer shot at the max of your capabilities, you know, the bucks on high alert, whatever the case is. And so, you know, I 
I'm really working hard in this offseason to improve my shooting game like I do every offseason, but I want to take it to another level. And so, you know, part of that is your your shooting skill. And so, you know, you want to improve your shooting skill. And 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 with that comes, you know, your bow tuning and and being comfortable and familiar with changing things around on your bow, making tweaks and trying to find uh, the most forgiving setup for your bow and the ultimate accuracy and, and messing with that, learning as much as you can about archery. It, you're, you're just improving that, that archery game. And so, um, yeah, I've just been spending time paying attention to the details, testing. And so, you know, when you find out a lot about your accuracy at 20 yards, so I think it's important to, to practice at 20, really work on your accuracy, practice your longer yardages, really make sure your sight tape's dialed in. I like to get my bow really finely tuned. Um, and, and right now I'm in the process of tearing it apart and retuning it again. Um, you know, I, I built some new arrows for it with the four fletch I like, uh, with the cresting I like so I can see it. Uh, a little bit shorter, I'm going to get a little bit stiffer spine out of them. And um, so I'm going through the process of building these new arrows. And then, you know, I'm going to uh, also putting a new sight on. Um, yeah, got a got a new sight that I'm going to put on. Um, that's the the new improved, the new improved black gold sight or whatever my buddy Phil um, got me hooked up with and set me up. But he's got a, um, anyways, the, the pins are a little bit different. They've got, you know, a, it's just the one I was shooting was a few years old. So anyways, upgrading that. So I'm going to throw that on and take my bow down to scratch and really working on my, my, my bow knowledge and being able to tweak with things and accuracy and shooting indoors. And so, you know, that tuning part of it, that, that upgrading part of it, you know, that, that's all part of your bow. And then your shooting skill is, you know, is I, I want to take it to another level. So, you know, I'm at my best when I, when I'm, when I'm shooting all the time and practicing all the time. And so, you know, I'm shooting once a day, if not twice a day and just really working on my shooting skill. And then also, you know, take on some tournaments, some, some 3d tournaments, maybe an indoor tournament and uh, really put the pressure on myself shooting with buddies and then doing all those little things like going and shooting angles, shooting a bunch from a kneeling position, shooting a bunch of one arrow groups, um, you know, so there's a bunch of things that I'm working on to, to make sure that I've, I've got my shooting skill as high as I can get it. The other portion of that is executing on animals. So I got to be honest with you guys. I had like a little bit flawed thinking there. So I, I started shortcutting the process. And so I taught myself to be cool and collect during that time, that execution time and, and, and. I, I learned to shoot back tension, and so I would get a hold of myself and pull, 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 wait for the shot to break, and I'd make a perfect shot. And I, I started shortcutting the process, and there was some flaw in my thinking, and maybe you guys heard me talking about it. And I just like to, you know, I, I like to take these theories and think about them, and I'm always trying to improve, and I, I'm not always right. And and now there's there's multiple different ways to execute, be consistently successful on animals, and really, I can use any release, any process out there, and I've been doing it long enough that I can be proficient, harvest animals with it. But I, I told you guys I went to the trigger because I, what? So what happened was, is I started shortcutting the process. I was using a thumb release, pull, pull, pull till it breaks, and then I started to realize that these rutting animals are moving around, and you get this select window of time where they're chasing a doe, and all of a sudden they stop, and you got to make this shot go now and so you know you're you're putting your pin on and then you're you're almost 
what do they call it? Like um, command shooting. So you're you're making the shot go when you get that sliver of opportunity. So you know, my thought was is that I could seize the opportunity more, and I could make I could make any shot. You know that I that I just I could choose when it went, which would create more opportunities. Which all of a sudden I wouldn't have to get a hold of myself and 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 go through this process of calming myself down. Like I could just put the pin there and make it go. And um, it was flawed thinking. I just wasn't executing my best shot. I wasn't shooting my best groups. Like, I need to work on my archery skill. And not that you can't command shoot and command shoot very well. There's a bunch of guys that, that do it really well. Dan Picard is one of them that command shoots really well. And, and you know, harvests about every animal he shoots at. But but for me, I, I just I had to go back to the process of, of shooting the correct way, of, of, of executing the correct shot, trying to achieve that the highest... Uh, amount of archery so what happened was is when I started to to pick and choose where it went at first it went really well because I could aim there pick and choose where it went execute a good shot went well this season you just put the pin on them execute the shot make it go but I start to slip into these bad habits the more I practice the less my pin wants to aim in the middle the more my target panic starts to creep in and I can I can battle through it but I was starting to find on animals too then I draw back and my pin didn't want to go where I wanted it to go I had to fight it where I wanted it to go and execute my shot and also like shooting back tension it 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 takes away your bad and good shots and evens out. So you you just you get rid of the flyers. You're a more consistent shooter. Like you don't have good days and bad days. You just shoot the same every day. Maybe a little bit better, a little bit worse, but you can't notice it. It just makes you more of a consistent shooter. It's a more consistent process. And and me, also a big part of me executing on those animals or being 100% is, is being able to calm my mind and think through my shot. Okay, put the pin there. Pull, pull, pull. The shot breaks. It's a perfect shot. And um, I got away from that process with my flawed thinking and I'm back to it now. And uh, it's just um, to be the best archer I can be. I need to be shooting all the time. I need to be shooting the correct way. My pin needs to aim on the target where I want. And so I just started thinking like I want to have a 100% season where I don't miss. And and I want to, every arrow I lose, I want it to hit its mark. And even if that means taking three more seconds on my shot, if I don't get that shot or that opportunity to execute the right way, I won't shoot. Like I either want to shoot a perfect arrow through that animal or I don't want to shoot. I want to wait and keep playing the game and hopefully get another opportunity and so I, I just had to get back to that way of thinking and it's it's such a, a better way of thinking for me is calm myself down deep breaths put the pin where I want it pull 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 shot breaks he dies I just um I've always been good under the crunch I've always been good when I get the opportunity of making good on it and I missed a couple of shots this year that just kill me I had my buddy Dan there for one of them and my buddy Dan has watched me be clutch on in almost every bow hunting shot I've taken he just knows he gives me the stock like that thing's gonna catch an arrow and uh, I've been really good at it and I had this buck that was just I had him dead to rights and you know maybe it was the yardage I've talked about it on the podcast but I mean, I had this bucket, 56 yards, broadside, sitting there executing my shot, and I missed him. I, I shot low. Was it the target panic? No, I don't think so. Was it? But it just, I, I just need to get back to that process of executing my best shot. And, and it cost me that late season deer, and it just, um, but I, I learned more from these failures. They give me more motivation to, to get better, to improve. And so I think it's a good thing. I think it's, you know, I had a couple misses and I had a bunch of good shots this year too. I probably harvested close to 10 animals with my bow, multiple Pope and Young trophies, um, you know, 
a bunch of good axis bucks, three muleys, you know, antelope, caribou. Like I had a great season, but I like to use my failures as motivation too. I learn from them. I want, I want more out of this. I, I, I want to, um, you know, be able to, to reach another level and, uh, be able to enjoy myself that much more on these adventures. And, and, um, so, you know, I had a couple misses. I'm back to, to the correct execution and believing in it wholeheartedly, which is a big part of it, but executing on animals, getting a hold of myself, executing my best shot and they're going to die every time. Um, so that's exactly what happened on that coos deer. And I talked about it a little bit, but you know, that was that, that, that shooting skill, mental toughness. I honed in before that hunt practiced, a. Uh, my shooting, my long range game, worked with my bow day in, day out. I put in the hard work and, and, and I believed in the process of sitting and executing my shot and put in the work. And I was walking around Arizona with just an extreme amount of confidence. I just knew if I get an opportunity, even though they're only the size of a coyote, it might be a long shot. It's a high degree of difficulty. If I get an opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to seize it. I'm, I'm going to make my shot and, and I'm, I'm going to have a nice coos on the ground. And I, you know, a lot of times, you know, I go on these hunts and, and, um, and sometimes I don't put pressure on myself. The year before coos hunt, it was like, well, I'll just go down and have a fun time. I want Dan to get one and I, I'm just going to enjoy myself. And, you know, this year I was a little bit more driven. It was like, well, I didn't get one last year. I really want to kill a mature coos. I want to be a good coos hunter and, and I want to take on this challenge and go for it. So I worked really hard at it, had my shooting dialed in. I got my opportunity, sat and executed my shot and, and he dies. That's, that's how it's supposed to happen. And, uh, so I just want to continue that. And I, I want to set lofty goals this year for, for quality critters that are, are the highest degree of difficulty on public lands. And, and I, I'm willing to put in the work to achieve them. So anyways, I think shooting skill is just a a major pillar of, of a successful hunt. And so in this off season, like taking your mental game and improving that and dissecting it and, and, and really looking at yourself, you know, letting your ego go and being able to, to do self-evaluation and, and, and look at where you've screwed up the last season. Look at where your weakness is, where you can improve, not in that great a shape, you know, and you, you felt it on some tough hunts time to, to kick it into overdrive and work on your physical fitness. You know, if, if your mental strength gave out on you and you gave up day three of a hunt, or you know that you didn't push hard enough to go see what was over that next ridge to relocate to that next area. Like, you know, like mental toughness was my weakness. I got to work on that shooting skill. If you got that opportunity and missed that shot of a lifetime or, you know, wasn't walking around with an extreme amount of confidence shooting skill, you have to work on it. So there's all these facets that go into it. So the next one is physical fitness. Um, physical fitness has played a huge role in my success. I just know that I can always count on my body. And, and I know too, like I heard this, this percentage I've, I've been into, to, to reading a bunch of books lately, but I, I, you know, I heard this saying somewhere, picked it up somewhere that, that the, the average human only pushes himself to 40%. You still have 60% left. Um, and, and I think it's true. We're just capable of so much more than we, than we push ourselves. And that's physically too. Like I've, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, like I worked out hard last year, I ran every single day, but I, I wasn't, I'm not pushing myself to the next level. I've gotten to this, this, this point of physical fitness where I was happy and it was like, well, I'm, and I was just maintaining, 
I wasn't pushing to, to find a new level or see what my body's capable of. And when I'm in my prime right now and hunting's what I love to do, like I want to see where I can take this thing. I want to see it, how good a shape, what kind of endurance athlete I can build out of myself. And, and I know it's been a, 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 a huge role in my success. I can just always count on my legs. I can always count on my body uh, uh, that I can, that I can take it. And to, to that point of only putting in 40%, I know on some of these pack outs where I had this buck in Nevada that I took double digit miles out, like close to 20 miles. I had to pack out solo by myself. You know, I had 16 hours of packing to get that deer out. And, and when I did that, yeah, I was close to my physical breaking point. This buck in 2015, I killed in Colorado. I killed it and my buddy Dan got sick, had to get himself out of country, altitude sickness. I had to get that buck out by myself. Even the buck I killed this year in Colorado, I killed that with Logan. We took two days to get that thing out of there. Like, we probably had 18 hours, 16, 18 hours of packing that thing out. I killed that buck. We packed it back to camp that night. And, I mean, this is what I love is these tough points in a hunt. I know it's going to be an adventure when I get there. I I know, you know, whatever I do, it turns into an adventure and whoever's with me, they're in it too. Whether it's my cameraman, my buddies, like I'm going to keep pushing hard. And I love that. Like when it, I killed that buck, it got dark. We're packing out at night. There's no trails, steep, rough, rugged terrain, get back to camp at, at midnight, but just grinding with that buck on our back to make it back to our camp, get back to our camp, wake up in the morning, pack up our camp and the deer. And I got to split weight with Logan, but Man, oh man, we had a long ways to go. We had a couple climbs where we had to top 13,000 feet with these packs and just grind, you know, and it, um, I, I just know that my hunting season, I'm going to run into these, these cool adventures where I'm really pushing myself, where I, I'm, where I'm feeling most alive. And I know that I'm going to have to count on my physical fitness. And also I enjoy myself more when you're in the mountains at 13,000 feet and you know, you can trust your body to take yourself over that next ridge or, or over that next hill, or, or, you know, that you have enough in the tank to pack a buck out for two days, 18 hours to get them back. Like you just can count on your body. And so, you know, I'm going to con- continue to, to push my physical fitness and my endurance. I, on my runs, like I, I don't want to just go through the bare minimum. I want to be getting tough runs like the other day and 18 below with a foot and a half of snow. But I, I want to get these tough, longer runs, too. And as it gets into horn hunting season, you know, I want to grind. I want to go for overnighters and see how many miles I can put on. I want to test myself. And, and especially when I'm in my prime right now. And, and the other end of that, too, a physical fitness for me is, um, it is also working on my flexibility, my stretching. Us as guys, we're so tight. I, I got to pause it here just for a second, guys. All right. Sorry about that, guys. I had to pee. I, I drank way too much coffee before this podcast. So I hope, I hope I'm even audible on this thing and not talking too dang quick. I get fired up and then I get talking fast. So one of the things I want to work on as far as the podcast, too, is just um, slowing down, really uh, thinking through my thoughts and 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 also slowing down my delivery. Um, So I haven't done a good job at that the first 40 minutes, I don't think, but we'll we'll try to finish out. Right. But I was just talking about physical fitness, how I draw from my physical fitness and how flexibility is so important to me. Um, Us guys, we get so stiff as as the years go on, like um. We just lose our flexibility, and having a flexible body, it also, like, 
also like yoga or stretching, it improves your, your balance. And balance is so important. Like when you're stalking on animals, it takes every muscle in your body to move slow. You just have to snake through there and you have to make sure that you don't step on a rock, step on a twig, slide your foot. It, it takes all your strength to, to be hidden and to really execute a quality stock. And and through that, through my stretching and flexibility, I, I think I, I really improve my, you know, my... I improve, you know, my balance as well, which helps on the stock, but, but also just that flexibility strength, strength is only so good. Like it it doesn't do you any good to have a pile of strength and be really strong, but not being able to twist and lift or your back goes out. And so, you know, strength is a, is a big deal to me. Balance is a good, or a flexibility is a good thing to me. So I stretch almost every single day. I've got this circuit of stretches and I add new ones and I take some away and I just try to stretch. I've got time at night. Like when I'm sitting relaxing with my wife watching TV, I can stretch out. When I get in the steamer after a run, I can stretch out in there. I really like it when it's warm in there and my muscles are warm. Um, But just flexibility is a huge part of strength and I believe wholeheartedly in it. So I just want to continue to stretch and find new stretches, hold my stretches longer. Um, That's a goal for me here in 2019. And then, you know, along with that, like my running improves my endurance. Like I love, you know, bow hunting is an endurance sport. There's no getting around it, but we also need our strength. Like I can't be this little skinny marathon hunter to climb these mountains and and pack the weight and pack these bucks out. Like I got to put muscle on my frame and then teach it to, to have endurance. And so, um, I'm not, I'm not in the weight room as much as I was as a young man. I'm just, I'm just finding these body exercises and just doing them every single day has been so beneficial to me. And so, you know, I can hardly walk by the pull-up bar without doing pull-ups. Um, I love doing pull-up, pull-ups throughout the day. Love doing push-ups. Um, I'm working more core exercises into my routine, like where I can just do, you know, like a, like a, a core exercise and takes me 10, 15 minutes to run through it. Um, and then I use the kettlebells for like my lower back and, but but just using like real strength, you know, um, um, weight training, and and then also you know my job gets me a pretty good workout too. Working construction, like I thought about the other day, I sheeted a floor with my dad, and there was a hundred sheets of three quarter four by eight plywood. So the wind's blowing ten to fifteen miles an hour, so it's trying to blow you around as you're carrying this plywood, which engages your core. Uh, each sheet weighs eighty eight pounds. Pick it up, move it over, climb up the floor, set it down. So uh, I dad nail them all, and so I, you know, I packed every hundred sheets over there. Like I get a good core workout for that. I get a good upper body workout from that, and um, and then also, like I say, just all these pull ups, push ups, and then my stretching and flexibility. But my physical fitness is so important to me, and it also it just prepares your body for the hardships you're going to face. It's it's also like this flexibility and this strength and things. It's going to keep you from injuring yourself and injury on a hunt would be the worst deal. Like I can't imagine, um, twisting your ankle or, you know, and I've had little corks on hunts. I've had my back go out and things and, and you're just, you can't be as effective and it could, it could totally ruin the hunt. And so, you know, you're also preparing your body for these hardships, but like I run so many miles, you would think my joints would be worn out. I have no joint pain, none of my hips, none of my knees. Like my body's just adapted to this stress I put on it, you know, as, 
as I really think the body does and, and cardiovascular, I'm, I'm in such, you know, my wet resting heart rates in the thirties. Like I, um, I get my heart a good workout, but all of this is all just preparing my body for the mountains. The mountains, it, it's going to test me physically. It's going to, you're going to have to grind not only for one day, but day after day after day of being tired. And like you say, it's never perfect. Sleep deprived. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get an ache or pain here or there. You know, you're, you, you're just going to, there's going to be challenges along the way. And the more you can prepare your body for the hardships you're going to have, just the better you're going to do on these hunts. So I, I really want to take my physical fitness to another level. Uh, one of my goals is to really challenge myself, get back to some of these super long runs in the mountains that just takes it all out of me where, you know, my, my legs are really sore and stay like, I know I got to work out. Um, and I've been doing good this winter. I've been getting in good runs and mixing in some longer ones and I really feel strong right now. So I feel good, but I, so physical fitness again is, is one of these major pillars of success. You know, can you have success without it? Sure you can, you know, but you know, maybe your shooting's dialed and you can shoot long ranges in your clutch and maybe your, your knowledge is to a place to where you figured out these spots and figured out, you know, like I found spots that are within a mile of the trailhead that hold good bucks or good bulls. And, and so, you know, there's all these different facets that you can call upon, but it's all about, you know, finding your, your weakness or, or trying to make all of these stronger to, to make a better overall hunter. So let's see, what have we been through so far? We've been through, um, mental game, physical fitness, shooting and executing on animals, um, um, skills. So, um, you're going to have to count upon your skills and a lot of these skills, you know, can be obtained or you can shorten the learning curve through reading or, or listening to podcasts, uh, talking to other successful hunters and, and seeing what they use, comparing notes with them. But the, these skills are going to be incredibly important to your success. So, you know, your backpacking skill, knowing what you need and, 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 and trying to get it as light as possible so you can keep traveling, you know, being able to take care of yourself in the mountains when it, when it rains, you keep dry, when it snows, you keep warm, like, like having the, these backpacking skills are so important. And so, you know, you want to hone those in the off season. If you get a chance to go wintertime camping right now or, or go for like a shed trip and stay overnight, like you take advantage of it. Scouting trips this summer, you take advantage of it. Scouting trips, just like a mini hunting trip, just without shooting the animal. You're covering the mountains and you're, you're glassing different spots and you're trying to figure out where the animals live. You're putting on miles. And so, you know, that, that's a, a, a real opportunity for growth. But skills are so important. Your your wood sense, um, you know your 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 wood sense of, of keeping yourself safe back there. You know, camping in the right locations, knowing where to go from, you know, during a storm, keeping yourself safe from grizzlies. Like all all of this wood sense is going to go into you know you're you're going to have to call upon it on a backcountry hunt. And if you don't have those skills, then you may fall short. You may have to come out of the mountains. You may not be able to survive back there. Or worse yet, get yourself into a real dangerous situation, especially steep terrain can be another one, how to navigate it, you know, what you can do and what you can't. And so like I, I think it's good to just try all these out in the off season. Um, you know, another, another skill would be like your hunting skill, like, um, you know, getting really good at, at still hunting through a place, you know, and I know like down in Arizona, for example, down there, 
you know, my still my still hunting wasn't on, on as on point as it should have been in the beginning of the trip. I spooked two bucks without getting an opportunity at them. And part of it is, is it's two guys I'm moving, you know, with Logan. Uh, the degree of difficulty is really high just because of the, the noise of the terrain. The grass is really noisy. The, the rocks are really noisy and things. Um, and, and also I'm trying to move with two people instead of one. We're trying to kind of, um, you know, photograph and film and things and trying to sneak up on these coup steers. But, you know, I missed out on two opportunities on trophy bucks because I didn't see the bucks first. They either heard us or saw us, you know, whatever the case was and busted out before I could get an opportunity. And, and to have an opportunity at a world-class coups, you got to work really hard to, to earn those. And there I had two that just slipped out of my hands because of hunting skill, because of still hunting, moving slow enough through the mountains, uh, knowing how to, to come over ridgelines and not get seen, um, you know, everything that goes into your, to your hunting skill, um, you know, being able to find animals, that's part of your skill set, like being able to glass terrain effectively, um, being able to find the, the best vantage points, being able to, to know when to move or, or when to stay put, like turning up these animals and creating an opportunity is a huge skill. Um, your, your stalking skill. Like, um, you're definitely going to have to call upon this one to be successful. Like you're going to have to be able to stalk these animals. You're going to have to be able to, to read the situations, you know, and, and be able to realize when to go all in or when to hold back and be patient, wait for a better opportunity. You're going to have to, to be able to read the wind and what are the thermals doing? What are the directionals doing? Um, is, is there other bucks around this buck? Do I, you know, I, am I stalking recklessly or am I stalking intelligently? And, and you, you need to go for it and you need to try to make something happen. But in that same breath, you don't want to, to, to spook that animal and give up that opportunity. You know, nothing's worse. It, um, it, they're tough enough to find. And then, you know, to, to mess up your chance at them, your chance to move in tight, like, like it sucks, but it's going to happen. Like I say, failure is the building blocks of success. Like you're going to have to fail from these stocks and learn from them and get better and make the right moves. But your stocking skill is going to going to come into play. So how do you improve your stocking skill? Well, like nobody's out there stocking does or whitetails or around the house. You know, I would, you know, I'd go in the river bottom and I'd go stock whitetails and see how close I can get. And and it's improving your stalking skill. You learn what you can get away with and what you can't. You learn how to come up over ridge lines. You learn how to, to how to use your the terrain to your benefit. You know, one thing that that really improves my stalking skill is is like these high opportunity hunts, like the axis deer in Hawaii, for example, or like for something around here, I'd always do whitetail doe hunts. Like try to sneak up on a whitetail doe with your bow. You get that dialed in and all of a sudden a, a big bull elk isn't that big of a challenge. Now, that's not true. A big bull is always a challenge because he's always got a million cows around him and you're trying to get around a million eyes in the mountains where they're comfortable. But I'm just saying, like, you, you're able to accomplish those goals or stock on a on a coos deer, you know, all of a sudden it makes these other species not so difficult. So you improve your stocking skill. And so I like these high opportunity hunts. My favorite one of them all is antelope. You know, pick yourself up an antelope tag. You can get a guaranteed, well, I'm not sure if it's guaranteed for non-resident, but super high percentage archery tag in Montana. Like, I think I've got mine, like, the last eight, nine, ten years in a row or something. But these these antelope hunts are great because it's 
early season. It's before everything else kicks off. It's August 15th, and now you get all these stocks and these chances at this this animal that's really switched on in this open prairie, learning what you can do and what you can't do. It improves your stocking skill. So then when I go from those antelope to hunt mule deer in the high country, I'm dialed in. It It also gives me a chance to get comfortable in bow range to get my adrenaline to get a hold of myself like it gives me practice in bow range you know I go and I work so hard year round you know and I'm working towards these goals and I'm putting all this effort in and then you know I haven't stalked for four or five months and I get my first opportunity and I've almost got too much built up you know adrenaline and anxiety and anticipation and I just dream of these moments and all of a sudden I'm there and like I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not as calm as I need to be. So putting myself in that scenario, like I, I'm able to be, get comfortable with it, get comfortable with being in bow range and making those those little nuanced moves that I can get away with and, and, and knowing when I'm going to get busted and when I'm not, when I'm exposing myself too far, when I'm not, when I have to stay down and then and then being really patient. Um. God, I had a coos deer there on that coos trip, just a monster, like a 110-incher, and I stalked in that night, and I made a perfect stalk. I just, I got inside of his does, and he was protecting his does from a couple other two points, so I got into bow range of the does, and I knew the doe that he, that was hot in there, that he had been chasing around, and so he kept 20, 30 yards away from those does, and I snuck in you know, I could either like crawl through the brush and make some noise or at the end of the stock, I had to move in the wide open, but I had brush behind me. So I just relied upon my camo pattern. And, and I just know that animals pick up movement far better than anything else. And I just crept in, just move in slow motion. And I'd, I'd look at all their heads and their heads would be down. And I, I, I'd move my leg, take a step, move a little closer, a little closer. Finally, I got into bow range and just knocked my arrow and and uh, had a good range and sitting there standing up. They had no idea I was there. And finally, this buck turns around to go breed this doe and and uh, starts rutting her again. Comes into bow range and this is where I I I didn't have the patience. I should have killed this buck. I had worked into bow range. I had a perfect wind. I had everything in my favor. All I had to do was wait for my shot and take it and execute. And so this big buck went to chase this doe. And the big buck stops broadside. And all this time, I've been keeping track of all these deer's heads and when they're down and when they're up. Well, when he chased that doe, I lost sight of that doe. She kind of went in some brush right there. And so I lost sight of her, but I could see all the other deer. And then my buck is sitting there broadside. And these things are always moving. So when they're broadside and standing still, you know, I had a range on them. And so I, I went to draw on them and brought up my bow slowly and went to draw. No deer looking at me. And that I had lost sight of that doe in front of him and that doe caught my movement and busted out of there and took him with him. So like I just lost focus like in that those last few minutes I just got excited and I had been in bow range for a half an hour waiting for this opportunity. I had been patient. I got the perfect broadside angle but I had lost track of that one doe and um, yeah that was my downfall in that stock. It, it blew up on me. She spooked out and spooked that buck and never to be seen again but 110 inch just heavy bladed coos just just the one I really wanted but I, I had my opportunity and I lost focus and so like that stalking skill is so important. Getting comfortable inside bow ranch is so important and you want to be patient and wait for the right shot or wait for the right angle. Sometimes you, you wait too much. You also need to seize the opportunity. If you see the angle and the shot and you know you can make it, it's time to take it. Like you don't, 
anything can go wrong inside their bow range. So when you see your opportunity, it's time to seize it. But just always learning and always trying to improve, you know, all these skills. And, and, and when you can get better at these, you're just going to up your odds of being successful on trophy animals. And so, you know, these are all the little things that I'm working on, that I'm thinking about, and that you guys need to be thinking about and working on. Like, this, the, the key to success, it, you know, for us guys it is knowledge, it's hard work, it's it's discipline, dedication, and it, if we love it and we work hard at it, like there's no ceiling to this. It may seem impossible out there, but it's amazing what you can accomplish. And and for me too, I you know, I it it's amazing what I can accomplish. I know when I put my mind to something, I put all my effort into something that I can be great at it. And and I'm just gonna gonna work as hard as I can in this off season to go into next season and and, and there's some other things that go along with this, you know, with having a successful hunt. Like, you know, I break it up into these these pillars and these subcategories and kind of talk over them and skill sets. But, you know, there's some other things that go into having a good hunt. Like, you got to have balance, too. Um, you know, if, if you put absolutely everything and all your focus into your hunting, you know, your marriage is going to fall apart. Like, not that you can't, like... I, you know, I'm able to have a supportive wife and, and she allows me to, to put everything. She knows it's my passion, but in that same breath, like you have to have balance in life. You have to be able to pay your bills. If you can't pay your bills and, and have a vehicle and a house to stay at, like you're not going to be a very good hunter. Like you, you can't focus on it. You can't even put gas in your truck to get to the mountains or you can't take the days off because you know, you got bills. So, you know, there's this balance in life that we have to find with a modern day hunter. Like, um, we're, we're not hunter gatherers anymore. Like we can't just put our soul focus into it but 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 we do you know it's our passion with not our sole focus but uh, a balanced uh, uh effort and focus and and like you say i don't want to take away from my family life i how you do one thing is how you do everything and i want to be good at everything in life i i want my kids to be raised and and say they had a good dad that that did a bunch of things with them that laughed that 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 cared about them that um helped guide them through their childhood and help help them become productive little adults, you know, and I, I enjoy it. I love those kids. Like when you have kids, like a lot of you guys do, it's, it just, uh, it changes your, your capacity for love. You know, it's just, a it, it's amazing, you know, uh, to, to be able to nurture these kids and be able to, to teach them and, and get them ready for life is an amazing experience. So I don't want to neglect that at all. Um, being a passionate person and somebody that's happy and that enjoys putting in hard work, it means I'm happier around them. I can do a better job with them, but it is about finding a balance in life. And so throughout all this and this off season, you know, I'm going to be super dad. I'm going to spend as much time with them. I'm going to do as many things as I can. Uh, I, I'm going to, you know, not be stressed out in the evenings. I'm going to make sure that I'm spending quality time with them. And that isn't just sitting, looking at a screen. It's laughing. It's joking around. It's playing games. It's taking them to go do fun things, taking them to go do adventures. And, and same thing with my wife too. It's just putting a bunch of effort into my marriage and into my wife and, and being super husband. Um, you know, until fall comes, you know, where, where she'll pick up the slack when I'm gone. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to be the, the, the best man I can be and, um, you know, make sure that I, that I'm doing everything in my power. And, and two, it's like, um, you, you make all this time to work out and you make all this dedication to, to the knowledge portion and research and stuff. Like I, I got to put equal amount of time, you know, into my life and into my marriage and into my kids and, and, and also into my work. And, and so what I'm going to try to do is just structure things throughout this, 
this year and get everybody ready for hunting season. And like with my, you know, you've, you've also got to be able to pay your bills. You got to have your finances in order. You got to put in, you know, extra hours of work and save money and be ready for hunting season. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to have myself, you know, in a good financial position. And, you know, I've, I've got, you know, I've got this, the construction business, which sometimes gets stressful during hunting season. Well, I'm not going to manage a job during, during hunting season. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a leave of absence. I'm, I'm going to, you know, tell the guys I'm going to be gone and, and line things up or leave it in, in project manager's hands or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly how it'll shake out, but I'm going to structure myself to where, you know, I'm not counted on a, on a deadline during hunting season or a, I'm not under a huge amount of stress and, and whoever I'm working for will know that, you know, I'm going to be gone these weeks. You'll have a project manager and this will be the deal. You know, you'd, you send me an email, don't expect a response until I get out of the mountains. So I'm just going to try to structure my work. And I've, you know, I've got myself in a good financial position to where, you know, I can pay my bills during hunting season. I don't have to take a job during hunting season. I don't have to make a bunch of money. Like I, I, I want to, I want to try to give my all to a hunting season. I want to give it as much time as I can on these hunts, just have it be my sole focus and not have, you know, other things that I'm worried about. And that's the same way, you know, preparing my family, being the best dad husband I can be, but preparing them that, Hey, just remember come September, you know, you guys are, you guys are going to be on your own girls. I need you to help take care of your mom and be good for your mom and run around. And, you know, mom, I'm going to be gone for a little bit, you know, whatever the case is, but just get them ready and prepared. So there's no, there's no secrets. There's nothing popping up financially have my bills paid and, and things in order, be able to take off enough work to go chase my dreams out there and, and, uh, be able to go with a clear head. Um, yeah, just, just a couple other things, you know, there's just so many facets that go in to, to a successful hunt that I'm just trying to think through all of them. And, and I'm trying to, you know, el- eliminate a lot of the, the challenge or work my way through them before they come. And so, and I also want to share a, a bunch of good hunts with, with buddies this year. And, and, um, I, I really enjoy helping friends and family. I want to hunt with my dad more. I really enjoyed last year being able to hunt, you know, um, Eastern Montana and Wyoming with them. And, um, you know, I want to hunt some elk more with them this year. So I want to do hunts with family and friends and, and I want to, you know, share my knowledge and, and really try to help them out accomplish their goals as well. Um, the, the last pillar I think that I have or the last thing that I've kind of thought about is um, is, is your instincts. So, you know, instincts are just so important on a hunt. They just determine, you know, when you're going to make a stock, when you're not going to make a stock, when you're going to be patient, when you're going to relocate, when you're going to, you know, move through a place, you know, still hunt through a place and, 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 and through still hunting through, you might catch a buck still hunting through what, whatever the case, your instincts to go left instead of right. Like, um, your, your instincts of what moves you can get away with on the stock, when you can draw your bow, when you can get a range, you know, what you can, can get away with. So your instincts just play such a huge role in, in instincts, you know, I think the only way to hone those are through experience. You know, I, I think also, you know, listening to other successful hunters, podcasts or, or reading or, um, you know, talking to, to different guys you respect. Like, I also think you, you know, that goes into your knowledge, which then, you know, goes into your memory bank, which you can draw upon, you know, when it when it's needed, when 
when you're sitting on a hunt and you're thinking, God, should I stock this buck or not? Okay, you know, what have I read before? Okay, he likes to wait till they bed in their second bed till, you know, 11, 12 o'clock because they're there all afternoon and they get better thermals and the thermal winds help hide my noise. And so, you know, all of this stuff that all this information that you gather, it helps go into your instincts and to make decisions. Uh, but but really the best teacher it is is through experience throughout their hunting throughout their making stocks you know honing your instincts and and just making decisions and sometimes you make the wrong decision and and in bow hunting you know, i said it a couple times but failure is a prerequisite you're you're gonna fail it's you're setting such a lofty goal and it's so challenging to arrow a mature critter that that you know you're gonna fail and you're gonna have to learn from it pick yourself up and get better and and try it again and uh it all goes into your instincts and making you a better overall hunter so and just some motivation for 2019 um i I know you guys are super hungry for this next season too and and you're the type of guys that are that are doing all the necessary items you're gathering information and putting in work with your bow and 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 putting in you know the the running miles i i just wanted to try to try to encapsulate or I, I wanted to try to just uh break it down into all the different things that, that I'm thinking about that helps improve my game that helps me become a better bow hunter and I think through sharing that you know you guys will pick up little tidbits and little tips here and there or things you can work on or different ways to look at things you know to where you can improve your your hunting skill where where you can you know improve your your enjoyment of the hunt as well like it is all about the adventure. It's it's all about like there's just no feeling like it. Like when you get to leave the trailhead and it's all on your two legs and you're carrying everything in your backpack you need and and, and real life decisions on steep terrain and real life decisions when you get faced with lightning or grizzly bears. But I just never felt more alive than back there. And then the ultimate challenge of trying to find these animals and trying to make this this methodical strategic planned out stock to come around and then to get it right and and get this you know this surge of adrenaline that's that's in our dna from from our ancestors being hunters gatherers getting an opportunity at harvesting an animal meant feeding the village or feeding your tribe and and we still get those same feelings today they're they're just primal you know and and it's in our dna and then try to get a hold of yourself and execute a good shot and then the overwhelming feeling of joy and accomplishment when you do accomplish your goals and 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 being able to have this quality organic meat that you can live off all year round and 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 take pride in 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 getting your meat and and field butchering and and packing out, getting back to ice, icing down, you know, and then butchering up and then making your jerky and your steaks and your burger and, and, and the lean meat is just so good for you. And it, um, I just take so much pride in that and, in using that and, you know, being able to give some away here or there to, you know, to grandma Patty or, you know, whatever the case is to friends or people that run low, be able to share the wealth and, and just the, the best organic protein on planet earth. But, to have to have all this and to find something we're passionate about i mean we're the lucky ones um you know thank goodness i just found something that i could put you know my my effort into and and that really challenges me and i i think that's when we grow as people is when we're when we're challenged so um yeah i think over it guys um guess what i do an hour and 10 that's not too bad not too long um yeah and just uh it's fun trying to 
trying to think through this one and everything I'm trying to do. But yeah, I'm definitely going to have my best season in 2019. I'm going to work really hard. Uh, I'm going to set my goals and I'm going to work hard towards them. And then I'm going to see what I'm going to accomplish. Give myself a chance. Give myself an opportunity to to um, harvest these next level animals. So if it means eating a tag here or there, it's fine. Like I, I want to have a picture of what the trophy animal looks like in my head or what I want to accomplish and then I'm going to stick to it. And if I if I don't harvest them, I want to keep traveling country and keep looking for them. Put everything 100% into the hunt and then feel good about it. If I didn't harvest the animal that I was after, you know, it wasn't meant to be or I couldn't find them. But I just have a feeling that I'm going to be able to, to pull it off here and there and produce some real next level critters. And um, so I, I'm just psyched for the opportunity, psyched that it's, it's tag season. I just enjoy the entire process of bow hunting. I enjoy all the research and the hard work and... So I better wrap this one up, go get my cold weather run for the day or ski. I, th- I think I might go, um, oh, I've got these cross-country all-terrain skis that are pretty nice. You can just climb like up a 30-degree slope with them. So I might go get some exercise with those, bring my camera with me and go do that or maybe get a run in. They've been deep run snows here lately, but um, yeah, maybe go get a run in the mountains here. So I better go get my workout. I got to cut some more wood. Um to go get a load of wood and get a run in with my dog and meet my family back here. But uh, here's here's to a good 2019, guys. Work hard towards your goals. Um, effort equals success. It'll pay off. I guarantee it. Um, the the harder you work, the more you can achieve. And and um, you know it may seem like guys get get lucky breaks here or there. Or, you know guys do get lucky. It's a it it it's the nature of the beast. But you you know, be happy for them, focus on yourself. Like I always think that, that I have to work, you know, twice as hard as everybody else. Maybe it's just a chip on my shoulder, but I, I always feel like nothing's given to me. You know, I don't, I don't have guys that call me up that go, Hey, I got this great spot to hunt. Like I've got to figure it out. You're in, you're out, you know, figure these spots out, get into them, put in the scouting, put in the time, put in the effort. And then during hunting season, give it my whole focus. And I just feel like I, I don't, you know, I don't get the easy opportunities that I've got to work really hard for them. And I, I'm fine with that. I'm willing to put in the hard work and, um, so I, I just, I know where my path is laid out to be here for 2019. So here's to your best season yet, guys. Keep working hard towards your goals and I'll uh, check in with you. I think we're going to release the podcast on Tuesday, uh, headed to the expo on Thursday, and then I'll be there throughout the weekend. Um, again, make sure to check out that, um, the, the YouTube I'll be hosting uh, with the seminars, uh, Guy and Dan Picard. Guy Eastman, Dan Bacar, doing one Friday, doing one Saturday. Not sure on the times yet, but we'll get those out to you guys. And then um, also post your questions up on YouTube, and I'll make sure to, to ask those guys, and we'll get it answered. And, um, oh, thanks to our sponsor, uh, Sportsman's Warehouse. They're new for 2019, and we just really appreciate the support. They've got great name brands in there, knowledgeable staff, and and uh, it's always good when you can go in and touch and feel and see the gear that you want to get. So uh, make sure to check them out. Um Guys, I really appreciate the support. Um, if you get a chance, uh, rate and review on on iTunes. Pull up iTunes the other day, and it's just like uh, the the negative comments get through. But you know, I take those to heart too. Like I'm I'm trying to improve my game, and there's some truth to what guys are saying here and there. But yeah, the first two comments that pop up are both negative ones. Even though we have such a, I feel like we're putting out great content. And we've got a great following. We've got great guys that listen that are trying to improve their game. But, 
you know, I guess it's it's the nature of the beast. The guys that leave comments are, are not always the good ones. And we, we have a bunch of good comments on there, too. But the first two on there are um, negative ones, uh, low ratings. And so that's what everybody sees when they flip to the podcast. And it's just not a fair representation to the content and the information that we're putting out. Um, so, yeah, you guys get a chance. Uh, rate and review. It helps out on iTunes. And, and um, thanks for the follows on the social media, the Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. I've been working really hard to put out good content there, original content. And, um, yeah, with that, gosh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's a wrap. So um, thanks, guys, for all the support. Check in with you next week.